Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Got to see some live football today. Uh, definitely got the fever, so we're going to talk a ton of football throughout this Nuanas Now. Welcome in. I'm Coulter Nuanas. We're coming to you live on ESPN Radio. Maybe you're watching SWX Montana Television, or maybe you're streaming on the ESPN MT app. Bunch of guests for you today. What will be a Wednesday staple? Sam Herter, Hero Sports Senior uh, FCS Analyst. For Hero Sports will join us like you will pretty much every week uh, right off the top here on your Wednesdays to talk around the FCS, always with a heavy Big Sky flavor. We're also going to hear from Devin Davis. He's a uh, sophomore cornerback for the Montana State Bobcats. He's had an injury-riddled career so far, but a really um, athletic and smooth kid, both in his way of playing corner, but also just in his way of interacting and talking, too. It's a great interview it's fun catching up with Devin Davis. We also got a bunch of free stuff for you today. We got a Wing It Wednesday coming up at 445. So we got a dozen wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill for you. And uh, here's what I need from you. I'm going to need a caller to call in and tell me what's the over-under win total for both the Cats and the Grizz going into the rivalry game. We'll maybe discuss that amongst ourselves here. Uh, but that's what you're going to have to do to win some wings from the Despo. We also have a town pump gift card for you in hour number two. And uh, that one will just be caller number four. So we'll get you the information when that rolls around. But about $530, 50 bucks from town pump. You can use it on fuel, snacks, beer, whatever you want. Uh, town pump brawl of the wild by the mile. Back for another year. In between all that, we also are going to hear uh, 
Well, I guess you're going to hear from me. <laughs> our ESPN Roundtable is a uh, solo conversation, which uh, certainly Andrew Houghton, our producer, willing uh, or uh, welcome to, I should say, c- to contribute to. Uh, but I just got my top 10 prep football storylines. Just what are the things right off the top of my head that I'm thinking about right now with prep, prep football? Open it up here uh, in just a couple of days. And uh, we'll also have a discussion about some of these road trips in the Big Sky Conference, particularly the ones we're going to be going on. We're going to see some interesting, unique things. I mean, I'm going to go to a place week two in St. George, Utah, when the Grizz are down there, that I've never been to before. We're also going to have a a team on the ground in Brookings, South Dakota as well. So week two is going to be a busy one between Skyline Sports and ESPN Radio. Uh, Week three... Uh, excuse me, week four is also going to be an interesting one because the Grizz are in Flagstaff. Uh, we're working on some freelance help there. I'm going to Ogden. The Cats are going to be playing at Weber State. And then Andrew might actually go take it up the road to Moscow because there's a sneaky good conference opener there uh, in the Kibbe Dome, Sacramento State in town. So uh, uh, to take on the University of Idaho, that is. So we'll do that uh, as well. Uh, in the second hour. So plenty of football talk here uh, on Nuanas Now. Colter Nuanas coming to you through the ESPN MT studio. You want to stream the show, you want to uh, see inside the ESPN MT studio, check out the ESPN MT app or um, turn on SWX Montana Television. You can also always hit us up, 1029ESPN.com, or you can always find the show podcasted, Nuanas Now podcast, on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. You want to be a part of the show both to call in and win prizes or be a part of the conversation, you can call or text anytime, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. And all guests today will join us uh, via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. I uh, watched the Grizz practice today for about, oh, I don't know, probably 25 or 30 minutes. I got to see some actual live action. So I watched, so they were doing some seven on seven stuff on one field, and they were doing some line stuff on the other field. So I got to observe the linemen quite a bit. There's certainly uh, some some names that maybe you don't quite know yet that are that are gonna be names that you're gonna wanna know and that you're gonna quickly know, I think, for the Grizz defensive line. Kale Edwards is a name you might know because he's a relatively local kid from Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, just a couple hours uh, to the west here of Missoula. He also had some big plays last year. He had a, a big play on special teams. He uh, he also had that uh, fumble recovery that he took back for a touchdown against Indiana State. And uh, he's got a lot of uh, raw talent. And I, I do think he could be a really good edge rusher for the Grizz. So he was fun to watch in one-on-ones. Also great returns for Noah Cashmitter, who's the number two defensive tackle right now behind Alex Gubner. And I also thought Hayden Harris, the transfer defensive end from UCLA, Looked really good as well. Uh, starting offensive front for the Grizz is good. It's just, a, to me, I think that they're going to be good. I think they'll have a top four offensive line in the league. And, and that might give you a top 10 or 12 offensive line in the country. But do you have a good enough offensive line for that to be a defining factor deep into the playoffs? Once the rivalry game rolls around for the Grizz, can that offensive line Go toe-to-toe with Montana State, South Dakota State, North Dakota State. You you know the Cats are on the schedule. You never know when you're going to have to t- face the Dakota schools. But if you're making a run at a national championship, which is always the expectation for the Grizz, and I think now, these last several years, a- an expectation for the Bobcats as well. But if you're the Grizz, 
Can that offensive line get you over the top against the Cats, against South Dakota State, if those uh, Dakota schools land on your schedule in the playoffs? Uh, that's That still remains to be seen. One group I've been captivated by uh, so, far, so far during this fall camp for the Grizz has been the tight ends. There's no more Cole Grossman. He's out for the season. Uh, he is indicating via his social media that he plans on coming back uh, for, for another year with Montana. That tight end group, though, also lost Joey Elwell, who was a great weapon as an H-back in the Grizz offense. And uh, also Peyton Brammer, who was a talented kid out of Washington who um, had an injury in high school and, and then uh, I think had a hard time getting fully back to full strength uh, here at Montana. He also left the program. But that group, I think, has the most sort of underknown guys within the program, but there's a bunch of guys that look so physically impressive. I mean, Jake Olson is impossible to miss. The The kid from Butte, Montana's 6'7", 260. I mean, he's he is just a, a massive man. Uh, the JC transfers that they brought in, uh, Joseph Gresbach, who, by the way, was out during uh, the practice that I was at today, and then also Evan Schaefer, who's a, a Division II transfer. Those two guys are huge. They look the part as well. Eric Barker was our Grizz Star of the Week yesterday. He's probably the slightest of all the Grizz tight ends, and he's 6'4", 250. So uh, it shows you that they have some pretty big bodies at that spot. Um, so I'm just wondering if my... My thought, well, I, I I know what I'm saying about the offensive line is true, that, that you need it to be a defining factor in the playoffs if you're the Grizz or anyone else because that's the way South Dakota State and, and North Dakota State are going to beat you, and those are the only two teams that have won a national championship over the last 12 years. So uh, that is, I guess, James Madison won one as well. But, I mean, that that is a definitive advantage is in the trenches. But do the Grizz find a little bit extra of a definitive advantage by playing multiple tight end sets, by utilizing some of these extra big bodies. If you can roll out there with Chris Walker, Hunter McGinnis, A.J. Forbes, Journey Grimsrud, and Brandon Casey, and then you can bookend those guys with Jake Olson and Evan Schaefer, that's a lot of beef. <laughs> that's that's a lot of LBs up there on the, the front seven, and uh, that can really help your run game. So I just had that thought today, just watching the tight ends. How much does that play into the offensive line success? And then how much does Montana's overall offensive line and projected improvement help the Grizzlies? Uh, we shall see. You listen to Nuanas now here on 102.9 ESPN Radio around Western Montana, as well as statewide television around uh, the Treasure State on SWX Montana TV. And, of course, around the world on the ESPN MT app. Appreciate everybody for tuning in. We go down to the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. Welcome in our good buddy, Sam Herter. Uh, Sam, first of all, thanks for joining us. Uh, how was the concert? I know the last time we talked to you, you were getting ready to go to Zach Bryan there in Minneapolis. How did it go? Yeah, it was uh, an excellent concert. Uh, you know, pretty wild seeing Zach Bryan going from, I saw him last fall uh, at a, a big concert venue or a big-ish outdoor concert venue, about 3,000 people at a, at a local brewery. And then, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I see him at the Target Center, home of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, I don't even know how many people were there, 15,000, 20,000. So um, he put on a good show. Uh, he brought out Brock Lesnar uh, at the end there to help him sing Revival uh, for his finale. So it was just a, a heck of a show and a nice little surprise there to see Brock Lesnar at the end. Well, I'm glad you're getting to enjoy yourself a little bit before the storm hits, but uh, football certainly coming down the pipe less than two weeks away here. Uh, before we get into some FCS talk, though, I, I've, been, I've been thinking about you because you have covered the FCS on a national level for a long time now, but you've also covered North Dakota State pretty heavily. 
And I know you had sort of a front row seat to the phenomenon of Trey Lance at NDSU. That phenomenon then became sort of this mystery in the NFL that's been trying to play itself out, but Trey Lance got hurt uh, last year, and, and now this year he's getting kind of the runaround by uh, Kyle Shanahan and the San Francisco 49ers. H- have you followed this much? Uh, not uh, too closely, but, you know, obviously, you know, being a sports journalist, you follow other sports journals, sure. and oh, yeah. you, see, uh, you see the news, you know, with Trey Lance. And, um, you know, it is interesting from just a, a NFCS perspective where, you know, the Bison have so much, I guess, bragging rights uh, when, it can, when it comes to, you know, being quarterback you uh, of the FCS and just, you know, really in college football in general with uh, three three consecutive draft picks, uh, two of them going in the first three overall picks um, with Carson Wentz and Trey Lance. You know, but now Trey Lance is, you know, it sounds like he's the number three quarterback and could be traded. Carson Wentz even, isn't even on a roster right now. And right. so, um, I mean, NDSU is still obviously going to use all this as a recruiting, uh, you know, tool. Say, hey, we, you know, we, we have sent three straight guys to the NFL draft, but it is, um, you know, interesting and also just unfortunate for those two that, uh, you know, being such highly, I don't know if I want to say bust, you know, just because that seems, you know, pretty, um, you know, maybe a little too negative, but, you know, Carson Wentz had some decent years, but with Trey Lance, I mean, he, he played, what, 12, 16 college football games right. before going to the NFL, so... Um, you know, just their their path is maybe not uh, what a lot of us envisioned uh, with these two guys going to the NFL. Tim Herter, Hero Sports, joining us here uh, on Nuanas Now. Check out HeroSports.com. There's all sorts of uh, fun and engaging content, plenty of stuff that uh, can inspire conversation and debate. I've been following along to with your uh, with a bunch of your stuff, but your top 25 lists are, are have been fun. The one I read most recently was the uh, the wide receivers one. And I found it striking. I don't. I don't really have any arguments in terms of who should or shouldn't be on there. More, I just thought it was interesting to look at the list and see only a couple guys from the Big Sky Conference, just because that's sort of a far cry from what the the brand of the league was five or ten years ago. I mean, you know, you talk seven, eight, nine, ten years ago, you'd have tons of guys on the list because you'd have at least three from Eastern Washington alone. You did have one Eastern guy, Efton Chisholm, on here. Um, but, I mean, what do you think that says just about the Big Sky Conference in general, uh, that there was only a couple candidates from the Big Sky probably for your top 25 receivers in the FCS? Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't think about that, but that is, uh, you know, an interesting point where, yeah, you usually would just expect to see, uh, you know, a handful of Big Sky guys, you know, on there. And, it, I, you know, that is always interesting because when I, when I put together these top 25 rankings, you don't necessarily think of it at you know from a conference perspective you just think of it as you know individual guys and then you put the ranking in there and then you know sometimes you do look you do go back and say you know yeah there wasn't a whole lot of big sky wide receivers or or oh man i i didn't realize that you know the valley took up a majority of the of the offensive linemen or stuff like that um but yeah you know eastern has a guy on there with effing chisholm uh the third idaho has a couple guys on there pretty highly ranked uh, number one for me for fcs wide receiver is hayden hatton um, but, yeah, you know, you look elsewhere and, you know, Weaver State lost their top guy from last year. Sac State lost their top guy um, from last year. You know, Mon- on Montana, I think, has a couple of, of guys. I know you've talked about them, Coulter, with, with potential to be top-tier FCS wide receivers. Just Definitely. a matter of getting the ball in their hands. I uh, think, you know, Montana State is, um, you know, with the offense they run, it's going to be hard to, um, you know, I guess have a top-tier FCS wide receiver. But I do look, you know, beyond just, you know, the pure numbers were not put together these rankings. You know, there are some, some guys that maybe have 
300 less yards than another guy, but I have them ranked ahead of them just, you know, based off of the offense they run and um, the type of competition they play in per conference. But, um, but yeah, you know, it seems wide receiver uh, was a strength of the big sky uh, a few years ago. Um, now it seems like, you know, the quarterback play in the big sky, I think is still really good, but it seems like running backs now, it seems like there's a lot of star power at the running back position in the big sky. Both points are, are so true. Uh, one also, I mean, the, the, your point about the Bobcat offense is absolutely true, but also I do expect two of, if not their two most productive pass catchers this year to both be guys that didn't play there until this year. Tom McCullough, Colorado State transfer, is supposed to be their speed guy on the outside. And then Lanyata Alexander, who's an Arizona State transfer, he's going to be their main guy out of the slot. So neither of those guys have played in the FCS yet. So that uh, also probably uh, leaves them off, off the list. That's the other fascinating part when you talk about the big sky by position on the national level, though, too, is last year coming into this year, you're talking about five guys that had been All-Americans at some point in their career at running back. Isaiah Fonse at Montana State, Alonzo Gilliam at UC Davis, Josh Davis at Weber State, uh, Elijah Dotson at Sac State slash Northern Colorado, and then Marcus Knight at Montana. And now none of those guys are back. Cameron Scadaboo, who's the best player in the league last year, I mean, he's the Offensive Player of the Year at Sac State. He's also out of the league. So uh, running backs in the big sky pretty wide open this year too. Yeah, it definitely is. And I remember last year at this time talking with you about all of those uh, All-American level names at the running back uh, position. But I think, I mean, there's there's guys that have um, that have a lot of experience in the big sky that maybe haven't broken out to have those first-team all-conference uh, type seasons. But, um, you know, I, I look at a guy like Elijah Elliott at Montana State. Yep. Uh, you know, when I've seen him live a couple of times, I just really like how he runs. Now, he's, he's not going to get a ton of carries. Um, because, you know, of, of the two-headed monster at quarterback, and now, you know, hopefully Montana State's running back room can, can stay a bit more healthy where um, they do split the reps between a guy like Lane Sumner. But, you know, if Elijah Elliott has to carry the ball 25 times a game, um, you know, in, in whatever scenario it is in, in a certain game, I think he could be, you know, that feature back um, for Montana State if they want to have Malathra Chambers uh, carry less of the load. Uh, I also really like Marcus Fulcher from Sac State. Yep. Um, you know, he, did, he didn't get a lot of carries last year because he was behind Scadabo. Uh, um, Asher O'Hara also had a ton of carries at the quarterback position, but I think with Fulcher as now the feature back, I think he can, I don't want to say easily, because again, it depends on how many carries, but if he gets enough carries, I think he could definitely be a thousand yard rusher. Um, I think he's super, super talented. Uh, he went viral last year in the, in the playoffs where he had that touchdown run, and then he you know, he grabbed a, a, I think it was a beer from a fan and pretended to drink it. I'm surprised he didn't get any, you know, penalties or anything <laughs> off of that. But uh, I think he's a, a super, super talented guy. Um, and he's one reason why I, I think Sac State is um, still going to be a uh, top three team in the big sky. Uh, they do return four offensive linemen uh, that started three all-conference guys. Um, so you couple that with, with uh, Fulcher. And I think um, Sac State's offense is still going to be very dynamic this year. Sam Herter, Hero Sports, joining us here uh, on Nuanas Now. Uh, another guy who could be a breakout player in the league, another transfer that Montana State brought in, which I think shows you how much they're just loading up to really make a run at this year. They brought in Julian da- Julius Davis, excuse me, uh, who was a former uh, you know, player of the year in the state of Wisconsin, got hurt his senior year, and uh, then it ended up still getting – I mean, he was getting recruited by LSU and you know Notre Dame and all sorts of schools, and uh, he still ends up at Wisconsin, and he's just kind of in a jam there with Jonathan Taylor in the backfield. You know, Wisconsin's always got running backs for days. So now he's at Montana State. He could be a guy 
uh, that breaks out in a big way. Uh, I just wanted to ask you, you know, you've been doing all this research with all these different lists and, and sort of making your way around the country in a variety of different ways, Sam. What, uh, what's been some of the most interesting things that you've learned? Is there anything surprising or anything where you're like, huh, I wouldn't have known that unless I was doing the research for these lists? Yeah, I think one thing that, that sticks out is uh, Central Arkansas, uh, a team that I don't think is, is, you know, they might be getting some top 25 preseason votes, but uh, not making, you know, a ton of preseason ballots or, or, um, or, or you know, media top 25s. But, you know, as I had, I think, what, eight, nine or ten different top 25 uh, position rankings, you know, I, someone was curious and, and counted up all the players and who had the most players mentioned. Um, and surprisingly, Central Arkansas had the second most. Uh, wow. Seven. Who had yeah, the most? I think uh, South Dakota State had. Yeah, nine. that makes sense. Um, yeah. At, yep. I think actually Montana State had, had seven as well. There was yeah. um, like three or four different teams that had seven total players uh, mentioned, and Central Arkansas was one of them. And so hmm. that's one thing that stands out where. You know, they have a ton of individual talent guys, um, and they were pretty good last year, but just, uh, you know, a little up and down, not very consistent uh, last year. And on the the other side of that is, you know, NDSU, I think we all still expect them to be a top two, top three team. When you look at NDSU, who are the star power names? You know, there aren't a whole lot of All-American names. There aren't a whole lot of guys that made the top 25 list. Uh, The Senior Bowl came out with their watch list. Uh, today, there was 50 FCS players named. There was only one NDSU guy uh, on there, one of their offensive linemen. We're used to seeing like five or six NDSU guys on those lists. And so that was another thing to me. I guess it wasn't surprising because, you know, you, you follow who NDSU loses to the transfer portal into graduation. But, you know, when you when you put the list together and you, and you count all these up and you realize that, yeah, NDSU is, has a lot of question marks heading into the season. Central Arkansas, they, they have had spans where they've had some talent. I mean, they've definitely been a playoff team. I'm looking at their their school history uh, in the playoffs. They've been, made the FCS playoffs five times. They've won a couple of playoff games. So uh, it's definitely a place you can get talent. There's a lot of talent from around there, too, you know, from around that area, Jonesboro, Arkansas. Um, Conway, Arkansas, excuse me. Jonesboro is where Arkansas State's at. But either way, in that area, there's a lot of talent. So not uh, not overly surprising. One league I just wanted to randomly ask you about, because it seems like that there's a chance that the Ohio Valley lands on Big Sky schedules either early in the non-conference or late in the postseason. There's been a couple uh, that we've you know dove into and, and covered because of crossover with some of the Montana schools or, or Big Sky Conference schools. What can you tell us about just the state of that league, both from an on-the-field perspective but also just uh, where they fit into the uh, SCS puzzle? Yeah, the, the OVC is uh, one of those, you know, talk, talking about realignment that I know you and I have, have talked about quite a bit. You know, there's, there's a trickle-down effect when Power 5 moves happen and then G5, that trickles down into the G5, and then that trickles down into the FCS. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of conferences during the, the crazy realignment cycle of, of 2021 into 2022. There's a t- uh, multiple FCS conferences that got hit very hard. You know, the ASUN and the WAC had high aspirations, but then they got hit. Um, before they got hit, uh, they, you know, to create those new FCS conferences, they went after Southland teams, they went after uh, OBC teams, uh, some Big South teams left, um, and some, I think, like three or four Big South teams ended up going to the CAA uh, to replace James Madison. And so basically what we were left with was 
like four or five Big South teams and four or five OVC teams. Uh, and basically what they decided to, uh, to do coming into this season is basically do what they, basically do, um, they did what the ASUN and WAC uh, have done. They basically, they're, they're two separate conferences, but they're forming one joint FCS league for one FCS auto bid. And so the Big South Conference and the OBC Conference, that's now called the Big South OBC Association. So it's too, still, it's very confusing. It's still two separate brands for all the other sports, but it's now the Big South OBC Football Association. Uh, they're playing for one uh, playoff auto bid. Same thing with the ASUN WAC. Uh, originally two different conferences, they then formed the ASUN WAC, and now they rebranded to the United Athletic Conference. Uh, so those are two other conferences playing uh, now together for one uh, playoff auto bid. Um, and I know I, I've, I've heard some fans of Big Sky teams and Missouri Valley Football Conference teams saying, you know, it's, it's so, you know, junior high and Mickey Mouse to have these joint leagues, and it's so stupid. But, you know, really this benefits the Big Sky and the Missouri Valley Football Conference because if the Big South, the OBC, the ASUN, and the WAC were all their separate conferences, that would be four different auto bids. But right. now, since they, they, since they all combine, it's, two, it's, it's down to two auto bids, which means there's more at-large bids, which means the fifth-place Big Sky team, the sixth-place Big Sky team, the, the fourth and fifth-place Missouri Valley Football team, that's two more at-large bids uh, to go to conferences like that. Sam Herter here on uh, Nuwana's Now. He's making my head hurt. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, but it is true, and it's a great point. Uh, when it comes to conference league alignment, by the way, this is breaking news from the Twitter machine. Michael Silver, who's a uh, columnist at the San Francisco Chronicle, he's reporting, I'm told Cal, Stanford, and SMU are in the process of finalizing deals to join the ACC in football, men's basketball, and women's basketball. So if that uh, is confirmed, uh, more dominoes falling. I am uh, I'm a little shocked by that. I did not think Stanford, particularly Stanford, I did not think would make a run at any other conference. I thought they'd just go independent. Cal, not as surprising. SMU, not that surprising either. You have to wonder, though, uh, what happens with some of the other ACC teams. Does Florida State make a run at the SEC? Uh, we're not done with any of this stuff yet. There's a lot of stuff coming down the pipe. Sam, uh, we could spend forever talking about that stuff, but I just have one more question for you before we get you out of here. Looking across the the non-conference schedules in the Big Sky Conference specifically, uh, that Montana State at South Dakota State game week two is is a huge game, one that all eyes across the country are going to be on. There's also some Big Sky games against Power Fives, uh, like you know high level Power Five squads like Weber State playing at Utah in week three, Sac State playing at Stanford in week three. So I don't really think there's any sort of upset potential there, but there is a couple games where I think Big Sky teams could be competitive against FBSs. I think Idaho at Nevada could be competitive. UC Davis at Oregon State. Oregon State's very good, but I think Davis could go in there and maybe compete a little bit. I don't know how San Jose State's going to be this year, but they haven't been very good lately. I didn't think Cal Poly was any good last year, but you can't say that's just a total uh, shoe-in. Maybe Cal Poly can go compete at San Jose State. And uh, then the rest of them, I mean, pretty insurmountable for for uh, when you're talking about Big Sky versus the FBS. So, I mean, that's my last question for you, Sam. Do you think Idaho at Nevada is the most winnable FBS game uh, for Big Sky teams this year? Yeah, I think that one definitely tops the list. Um, Nevada has has really struggled um, in um, the last couple of years. They gave up like 55 points to Incarnate Word last year. Um, I don't see anything that is really going to suggest that Nevada gets that much better defensively. And so, um, you know, Hayden Hatton and uh, Giovanni McCoy, Jermaine Jackson, I think they can go in there and put up a lot of points 
uh, on Nevada and win that game. I mean, even the next week for Idaho, going to Cal, I mean, that's, you know, back-to-back FBS opponents, that, that's tough, you know, just because of depth reasons, but that's another winnable game. Um, my guess is Idaho goes one and one uh, and splits those FBS games. Um, I also think, you know, I, I'm doing some game-by-game predictions for some top 25 teams, and I came out with my Sac State game-by-game uh, game predictions, uh, I think, last week. And actually, I think they're going to beat Stanford. Uh, I know that might sound surprising, but uh, Stanford is wow. um, has really struggled recently. Um, they're in a bit of turmoil off the field, obviously, with, with not having a home as of right now for next season. Um, I understand Troy Taylor uh, is now the head coach at Stanford. Obviously, was at Sac State last year. Um, he's going to pre- preach as much as he wants um, to his players that say, "Hey, you can't look, you can't overlook uh, this team, even though they're FCS. They're still going to be really good." Uh, but this is a week. Uh, Stanford plays Sac State a week after playing USC. Whoa. And when you're 18, 19, 20, 21 years old, when you go from playing USC to Sac State, you know, just mentally you might go, all right, yeah, we got this. We don't have to prepare as hard. We can kind of rest. You know, we got this. And I think Sac State is going to shock uh, a lot of people and go in there um, and win that game uh, because I don't think Stanford is that good, and I think they're going to big-time overlook Sac State no matter how no matter how much Troy Taylor is saying, hey, we can't overlook these guys. It's just natural. Power five teams, they're always going to over, overlook FCS opponents. Um, and I, I think this could be a, 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 a huge, huge win for Sac State. Fascinating. Bold predictions here on Nuanas Now from uh, Sam Herder, the one and only from Hero Sports, uh, senior FCS analyst there for Hero Sports and Bet MGM. Uh, he'll join us once a week here now that we're into football season. Sam, we appreciate it, man. Thanks so much for being here. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. Nuanas well, Now, ESPN Radio, one of the fiercest position battles for uh, the Bobcats right now. Is that one of the cornerback spots? Devin Davis been a young man who has shown great flashes of talent during his time in Bozeman, but he hasn't been able to stay healthy. Can he keep that health throughout this year and uh, earn himself a spot in the Bobcat rotation? We'll talk to Devin Davis next. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm, when it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice. And that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days. And that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. Keep the is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. As we reviewed on Monday... I uh, had a great time at Nathaniel Rateliff in the Night Sweats on Friday night at the Kettle House Amphitheater. And then I was thinking about how I uh, 
that that might be my last show for the summer. And I was like, I can't, I can't make it my last show for the summer. And then I realized, just given that August and everything after is certainly one of my probably top twenty most played albums ever, and certainly one of my favorites, and, and includes a couple of my favorite tracks. I have to go to the Counting Crows, so I got some Counting Crows tickets uh, yesterday, and. Uh, so I will get one more in. It's going to be a Tuesday night during football season, but uh, that's okay. You got to have one more dose uh, of the amphitheater, and I got to see one of my favorite bands. New on is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. It's so interesting how covered a, a team, a program, a head coach, a coaching staff. It takes, you know, you're around these guys a little bit throughout the year, and then you're around them a lot during football season, whether it's the Cats or the Grizz. And uh, it still takes a little while to sort of figure out the ebbs and flows and, and you know, the day-to-day operations and, and strengths and weaknesses of the coaches and all that. One thing I've noticed about Brent Vegan, though, is he has a really keen knack for being able to identify young players and then single those guys out as standouts and then project them to be good and then have them become good. He's only been the head coach there for three years, but the guys that he said were going to be good, I mean, he said Tommy Mallott was going to be good, and uh, people thought he was crazy when they put Tommy Mallott in as, as their starting quarterback and uh, benched Matt McKay, who was a former four-star recruit and an NC State transfer. That led to McKay transferring out of the program and the Bobcats have never looked back. I mean, they, they ran, made a run all the way to the national championship game that first year, and then they were in the back in the Final Four last year. So, you know, Vegan nailed that one for sure. He uh, he's t- he's also pretty good though at projecting uh, when it comes to position groups that lose a lot. Last year, the story around Montana State was that they lost a variety of, of studs along the offensive front, which was absolutely true. How are they going to replace these guys? They're going to have this offensive line that's full of upstarts. None of them are, are you know, 300-pounders, mostly more like 280, 290-pounders. They're all underclassmen. Most of the projected starters last year were sophomores on the offensive line. And yet, in uh, coming out of the spring and then during fall camp last year, Brett Vegan said, I think the Bobcat offensive line is going to be significantly better than it was a year ago. When he was saying that, I was like, man, are you crazy? Lewis Kidd plays for the New Orleans Saints now. Taylor Tuyasasoba was an all-league player at guard. You know, you had guys that transferred to the Power Five like TJ Session and, and Connor Wood. How are you going to be better than that? And then it turned out they were better, and it was a better fit for the type of athlete they had up front based on uh, the scheme that they were able to transition to last year. Well, now that group that Vegan has uh, high praise for and that he says he thinks could be a strength of the team is the defensive secondary. You know, it's same dynamic. On the surface, that seems crazy because the Bobcat secondary loses Ty Okada, who was one of the best nickels in the conference and the country at the FCS level. Uh, He's cutting his teeth right now at the Seattle Seahawks. The secondary also had James Campbell, who uh, got cut by the Seahawks, but he still had a cup of coffee in the NFL. He's a 4-4-40 guy. Uh, I, I do think Campbell was a fine uh, big sky corner. He was late to the position. He didn't start playing there until he was a, a junior. Uh, but certainly had top-end talent, no doubt. And then they also had a, a former Oregon State transfer 
And um, Jeffrey Manning Jr., who was a two-year starter, also in the defensive secondary last year, they had Reedy Short for the first half of the year. He was also a Pac-12 transfer from Arizona. So guys with some pedigree and some some longevity and, and played a lot of football, all that. Yet, Vegan's still predicting that that secondary is going to be uh, is going to be a strength. I think that's because of his his projections for a lot of the young guys in the program. Uh, I think that everybody in the program is really high on Simeon Woodard. I think he's a guy that could be a first team all league type talent and uh, an all American type guy there at, now that he's a junior at one of the corner spots. I think Rylan Ort will will be a, a solid, if not really good, player there at strong safety. Internally, I know they think they upgraded at the free safety spot, uh, particularly when it comes to Drew Polidor, who's had high returns so far this camp. And even though they lose a guy like Campbell, who has such raw talent, they have a whole bunch of maybe unknown young guys at the corner spot. But they have a heck of a lot of talent. Andrew Powdrell's a freshman that could play, and Vegan's mentioned that quite a bit. John John Johnson's a a junior college transfer they brought in, and I know they're really high on him as well. And then the other two guys battling for the spot, Miles Jackson, who was a three-star recruit out of Central Catholic High School in Portland, and then the young man who joins us next, Devin Davis, who's from Southern California. Davis has the the most intriguing frame of all of them. He's 6'2". He can run. Uh, He can make plays uh, on the ball in space. Uh, and his his biggest issue, his biggest drawback has been he just hasn't been able to stay healthy. I'm, co- I'm coming out of the story, SkylineSportsMT.com, uh, probably tonight or tomorrow, just about the way the Bobcats practice. Uh, they run this double rep system, so it's ones and twos on one field and then threes and fours on the other, so everybody's getting a ton of reps during practice. I really think it's the, one of their secrets to, to cultivating depth and to getting so many young guys ready to go. It's one of the talking points in this week's Montana State Minute. Devin Davis, our guest. Well, time now for our Montana State Minute. We're joined now by Devin Davis. He's a cornerback there at MSU and a guy that's fighting for playing time right now in one of the fiercest battles during fall camp. Devin, thanks for joining us, man. How's, how's it been going? How you doing? Man, it's, it's, uh, appreciate you for having me, man. It's been good just being able to see the guys compete, competing with the guys and competing with our offense, who I believe is undoubtedly the best offense in the country. And when you compete with that offense, you know, you're going to win some and lose some. So it's been fierce, man. Can't lie to you. It's been fierce. Well, take us through just your last couple of years because you came to MSU and then it was the COVID year and then you saw a little action and then last year you were hurt for most of the year. So uh, you had to kind of wait your turn here to, to get an opportunity to really get on the field. What, what was it like? What were the challenges of that? Uh, one of the challenges is staying consistent and staying resilient, man, and just keeping, you know, just staying, staying by care built, man, like coming in every day, going hard and doing what you can. And uh, one thing I would like to say is I'd like to shout out like Coach Han, our strength coach, when he tells you to press pause, and that, that just really means like mentally when something happens and it doesn't go your way, you press pause and you assess the situation. All right, so, man, just pressing pause and saying, okay, well, I'm on scout team. What can I do? Man, we got Lance McCutcheon. We got, you know, Tommy was young, but he was still balling. Okay, I can go help them. And then the year after that, like, okay, I'm hurt. What can I do? I can help my teammates. I can watch film for the next year that I'm in. So, yeah, that's something I take away from it. 
well, just watching you, you know, a lot of people only only watch you guys on during the games, but just watching your practices and watching some of the fall camp spring ball stuff, I remember you battling against Lance McCutcheon. I remember you having good springs. So it seems like you have a lot of belief in yourself. How, how have you kept the confidence going uh, during these last couple of years? I was just attacking. I, I would say for more, more so for me, and this may, this may seem a little odd, but practice, man. Just, yeah. And the practice I do on my own, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to practice my steps. So that's going to help me keep my confidence. So I know my steps haven't lacked at all. And then, okay, I'm going to get some, with some receivers in my all time where I'm practicing, work on these punches, work on my press technique and, and stuff like that. You've had several coaches now, too, uh, just in terms of your position coach. So uh, have you learned different things from, from each of the guys that have been the corners coach so far there at MSU? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, having Coach Kyle, who was he was all about ball, man. He knew scheme in and out, and, you know, he knew how best to attack receivers and how receivers would attack us. And then switching over to Coach Chef, it was literally, it was literally no turnover. Like, they're both, they're both extremely good coaches, and I've been blessed to have a coach in Coach Chef who, you know, he, he's, a, he's a dude that, like Coach Kyle, was all about ball. And he was dialed when, when it came to uh, the technique and dialed when it came to playing corner. And also some of the nuances that, you know, I never really thought of, like how you fit in run fits, like, you know, how to, you know, help yourself in, in the next level of routes and how to play different, you know, with a bad shoulder fade where it's over the top throw, or, you know. So, man, I've been blessed with good coaches that it's just no ball. Well, and you mentioned some of the guys that you got against, too. And Montana State, I know, has run the ball with such great uh, prevalence and also just such great success. But there's been some great receivers at MSU the last couple of years, too. How, how have those guys made you better? Man, I, I, the receivers, man, I, for a team that runs the ball as much as we, we do, to be blessed with these great receivers as well is, is just something amazing. I mean, like even this year, you know, having to do like Aiden Garrigan, having to do like Tom McCullough, having to do like – you know, Lenyad Alexander, Tavian Williams has been going crazy. Uh, 17 of Christian been going crazy. <laughs> all these guys, you know, even Zach Dustin Green, he's been another one. You know, having all these guys still push you every day, it's, it's good because you're getting those battles and they're making you better every day. It's like you can't come to practice and be asleep. Like you can't come to practice and take it off. You just can't because if you do, you're going to get beat. So having these guys and having guys in the past like Willie Patterson, Nate Stewart, uh, Jaden Smith, Lance McCutcheon, like having these guys who push you every day, and you, you can't fall asleep at the switch. As Coach Shep would say, you can't fall asleep at the switch. Nuwana is now on ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. It's our Montana State Minute. Checking in with Bobcat football, Devin Davis, a cornerback over there at MSU, uh, joining us here today. Uh, how about just the competition then? It seems like a really fierce one. I know that it's not just for one spot because you guys do rotate a corner a fair amount and probably rotate a nickel a little bit too. But it seems like there's a whole bunch of talent, whether it's you or John Johnson or you know Andrew Powdrell, the upstart freshman, or Miles Jackson. Uh, a lot of guys in the mix there at that corner spot. So uh, how, what's it been like? What, what do you think of this competition so far? I think it's making us all better, man. It's making us it's making us all better, and. Um, one dude that I that I can't forget is that man Simeon Woodard. Of course, man, and um, you know, I think even though I got here in twenty twenty, came twenty twenty one, he has way more playing experience than I do because I registered it. But this dude, man, he's he's a pro at the position, and so I, I model myself and watch after him. You know, because that's what any smart person would do. You know, like okay, what does he do? Cool. But going back to the fierce competition, man, it's, it's you can't take any days off because if you do, somebody else will make a play. Like, and I think it's, it's having us also grow closer. 
because we're like, okay, now, like, we're competing, but you also want to see him do well. If that makes sense, like, oh, I'm competing, I want to do my best, I want to see him do well, too. Can't leave out Simeon Woodard, of, of course. I, I guess I left him out on the list just because I think he's one of the best corners in the league. So I think he's definitely a guy that's got a spot uh, yeah. locked out on that defense. Uh, how, how about the rest of the defense? I'm so interested in the nickel spot as well because Tao Kata was one of the best in the country at that yeah. spot. And uh, yeah. I know Caden Dowler's a, a guy that's on the rise. Lavelle Price has played a lot of football there at MSU. So uh, how important just in general is the nickel spot to your guys' defense? I think the nickel spot, you can say that it's the center point to our defense, whether it's being in run fits or – uh, dropping in key spots, spot dropping. It's, it's, it's an essential part. To have a great defense, the great defense that we've had, we had to have good nickel play. And that's why I said, I, I love the fact you brought up Ty because Ty was a pro. Ty, you know, he could tell anybody in the defense what they were supposed to do. <laughs> and so that, that shows how our nickel has to be smart. He has to be capable. And I think this year we have two guys that are, oh my God, that are, that are unbelievable. You also mentioned just the way you guys practice, and I think it's a really fascinating deal, This the double rep system. It seems like everybody's getting better uh, no matter what side you're on, what field you're on. So how much do you think that helps you guys improve, and how much does that keep the young guys engaged? Like you mentioned, practice was kind of your bread and butter there for a little while. How does it keep you engaged when that is kind of the, the main competition you're going to face? Right. It, man, it keeps you engaged because you're getting so many reps, right? Like, you're you're constantly going. You're not just standing around watching older guys doing it. No, coaches are telling you, Okay, now we talk about the means. Now you go execute it, like, and they're expecting you to to grow, to grow fast. And I love the system that Coach Viggs he he put in place because he like he said at one time in meetings that these double reps it helps you know to expedite growth. Like he's like this is what we want to expedite growth, and I think that's why our turnover is so good when it comes to players is because we're running, we know the scheme in and out, we know anything that somebody can give us in and out because we're doing it. For you know, twenty four we're doing twenty four periods and we're double repping, so we're getting that you know we're getting that exposure to it. Devin Davis here on Nuanas Now ESPN Radio. Uh, last couple of things for you, man. First of all, uh, one of the things that was fun this week was seeing Tommy Malott's name pop up on Bruce Feldman's list of 100 biggest freaks in college football. And I know you guys go against it in practice every day. I know a lot of the receivers have been arguing, you know, who's faster? Can I beat Tommy in a race? But I think it's safe to say he's pretty dang fast no matter if no, they can fast. beat him or not. So, uh, I mean, what did you think of him appearing on that list? And uh, it seems like pretty justified, right? It seems like uh, that's pretty accurate. Oh, 100%. Like, you can make an argument that he's one of the best, like, athletes in the country, uh, regardless of division. Like, you can make that argument he's one of the best athletes in the country. And uh, people know how fast James Campbell is, and he's going to hate me for saying that, that him and Tommy was neck and neck <laughs> racing. But, no, nah, Tommy, man, he's he's an amazing athlete, even better person. Great quarterback. Can't say anything wrong about Tommy, honestly. Well, you got to love it. Uh, last thing for you then, man. Uh, high expectations for Montana State, but it seems like every guy I talk to, you guys love that. It seems like you're embracing it. Yeah. So um, yeah. why is that, and, and uh, how do you go about uh, sort of trying to fulfill those expectations? Man, we, we want it. We, we want all of it. And I think it starts, you know, because we don't let it get to our head because we have – uh, strong people in these authoritative positions like these coaches, these strength coaches that keep our head on straight. Like, they don't feed into the ego of, we're, we're, you know, we're one of the top teams, if not the top team in the country. They don't feed into that. They tell us, keep your head down, the expectations come, and it's a blessing, and it's a beautiful position to be in when you're expected to be so good. It's what you want. It's why you compete. Devin Davis here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, a uh, corner there at Montana State competing uh, 
to get a, get some rotation time or a starting spot on that MSU defense. Devin, great stuff, man. Really appreciate it. Nice talking to you, and uh, best yes, of luck sir, this year, you. man. We'll talk to you soon. All right, thank you. Yes, sir. Great dude, man. That guy is a great conversationalist. I had a great time interviewing Devin Davis. Appreciate him for chiming in on our Montana State Minute. All right, so when the uh, rivalry game between Montana and Montana State rolls around in Missoula in mid-November, each squad will have played 10 football games. What's the over-under win total for both Montana and Montana State headed into the rivalry weekend? you got to call me and tell me on the other side, whoever gets through first, over-under win totals for the Cats and the Grizz. We got wings for you from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Wing it Wednesday, Cacarys football style. Next, keep it right here, ESPN Radio. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Over under win totals for Montana and Montana State going into the rivalry game. What do you got? Each team will have played 10 games going into the showdown here in Missoula in mid-November. Call us right now, 406-888-1029. Win totals, over or under, give us what the what the number is for both the Grizz and the Bobcats, and you'll win some wings for the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Call right now, 406-888-1029. Welcome back. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Every Wednesday, we give you an opportunity to win wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Despo located there on Russell Street. Right across from the YMCA. Best wings in the city of Missoula. Don't ask me. Uh, it's been voted on by you, the wing-consuming public, for years and years and years and years. So each Wednesday, you can tune in here for your opportunity to win a basket of those wings. I, I like the uh, the uh, spicy teriyaki myself, but there's a bunch of great flavors down there. Uh, so tune in every Wednesday for your chance to win wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Sounds like we, uh, I think, have somebody. Uh, so I, I don't know if I'm ready to make my prediction yet, uh, but I do think that both Montana and Montana State are going to be very good this year. I, I actually think that the Grizz have a chance to be better than they were a year ago in total, uh, just in terms of the – in comparison to expectations as well as um, – I guess last year, eight wins total for the Grizz was significantly under what probably their over-under would have been before the season, whereas I think that the Grizz could be at eight or nine wins by the end of the regular season this year. So it could be interesting. I think the Cats have a chance for a dynamite year if they can navigate this uh, brutal non-conference schedule, or excuse me, a brutal road schedule, including a non-conference game at South Dakota State and then also conference uh, away games at Idaho, at uh, Weber State, at uh, Sacramento State and in Missoula, uh, certainly going to be playing five of the top probably 15 teams in the country on the road. But if they can navigate it, uh, they could be battle-tested going into the playoffs uh, as well. Sounds like we got somebody. Who are we speaking with? Welcome in. Hey, Colton. My name is Dan. What's up, Dan? Thanks so much for calling. Uh, what do you got? You, you can start with either side, Grizz or Cats. What's the over-under win totals for these teams going into the rivalry game? So... Um, the total wins going into the game, you're saying? So, yeah. Because it, this is the 10th game, right? Yeah, yeah, it'll be the 11th game. So each team will have played 10 games. So you give me your over-unders for each side. Cats 10 and the, and the Grizz 9. Wow. That would be very – if the Cats are undefeated going into the uh, the rivalry game, 
the Cats will be the number one team in the country because that will mean that they had already won at South Dakota State, who's preseason number one. It would mean that they had won at Weber State, at Idaho, at Sacramento State. That would be pretty darn impressive. So that would be the number one overall ranked team in the country coming into Missoula. Uh, but then if the Grizz are 9-1, are and one, that, that would mean they had pretty much run the table and probably at least split their tough road games at UC Davis and at Idaho and uh, probably would have had beaten Sac State at home as well. So uh, could be uh, that would be fascinating, and that would be awesome if both teams are ranked in the top five going to the Cat Grizz game. Thanks for the call, Dan. Congratulations. You are the winner uh, of some wings. Man, I don't know. I, I, I do think the Cats are have that feeling that they have so much confidence around them, and I think that they are uh, really rolling along right now. Their depth is, is unprecedented, really, in terms of teams that I've covered. And... Uh, but still, just to say that they're going to win 10 in a row going into the rivalry game, that's that's lofty. I, I, I think the Cats will be at least 8-2 and two going into the rivalry game, and I think their best-case scenario would probably be 9-1. and one. But if they went undefeated, I think that, that would be surprising, but that would also be incredibly impressive, and they will certainly be number one in the country coming into Missoula. Uh, if the Grizz are 9-1 and one going into the rivalry game, that actually wouldn't be that far out of the realm of possibilities. I think they'll be favored in their first uh, three games, their first non-conference games, I think that um, that their potential losses could be at UC Davis or at Idaho the first two weekends of October. But outside of that, I mean, they've lost a couple times in a row to Sac State, but Sac State's coming here, and there's been a a lot of uh, turnover. The rest of the games, the rest of their conference home games, they're going to be seriously favored in. You know, Idaho State and, and Northern Colorado. You have to imagine the Grizz will be multiple touchdown favorites on the road at Portland State as well. On the other side, we'll get Andrew's take on this. Over-under win totals for both the Cats and the Grizz go in the rivalry game. Plus, the top 10 prep football storylines headed into 2023. Hour one in the books. Thanks to the Despo for the continued support of Wigan Wednesday. Hour two coming at you. Keep it right here. Duana's now ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 